Hello and welcome back to Dr. Quackers and today we're going to be reviewing Iron Man 2. This was the first sequel of the MCU and it's one of the most interesting parts of it as well. I think most people would agree that this movie has a huge change in tone from the first one and some may argue a huge change in quality. I may disagree on the quality part but there's definitely a huge change from the first to the second one. One of the biggest disappointments for me in this movie is how Tony kind of gets a reset button. Now, his personality didn't change completely after the events of the first one, but he did mature and grow. They regressed him a little in the beginning of this movie to where uh, we f kind of first saw him. He's very immature in the beginning of this film, which is fine because, uh, spoiler alert, in, case you did, uh, in this movie, uh, the palladium that's used to power his chest piece is killing him. So he's slowly dying. So it, it makes a little more sense how he'd be a little, you know, like, reckless and stuff like that. But he just kind of goes back to how he used to act in the beginning of Iron Man 1. And I understand why. It's because that's kind of what pe drew people into the character. But I kind of wished we got to see a more mature version of this. It's okay to have him be, like, you know, a little reckless. Like, him doing the racing and stuff like that. That's not that big surprise. But the way he, like, treats the characters and the way he acts towards, like people and his ego is very high in the beginning of the movie and I don't know I it doesn't like ruin the movie for me or I feel I can understand somewhat of why he kind of regresses back is because he feels as though he's not going to be around very much longer and that's just how he is uh, he does go back to where we last saw him by the end of the film so he goes back to where he was at the end of the first one by the end of this film so just kind of feel I don't know I just don't feel like he had a huge character growth in this movie. Like, I can't think of anything that really changes him fundamentally from the beginning of this movie to the end of the movie. The only thing that really happens is that he's no longer dying. That's, that's it. What, what else happens? To him specifically. There's no real big arc for Tony in this. He learns that his father loved him. Was that it? Or that his dad may have made enemies that might affect him? Nothing. I got nothing. That's all. That's him. Um, not to say that Robert Downey Jr. or the character isn't as interesting. I love every scene he's in. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. He's the perfect pick, and I don't want to see anyone else as Iron Man. I don't want to see a redo or a, uh, I don't I don't want any of that shit. I don't want to see I I don't want to see Tony Stark played by anybody else. Just just let him be dead, okay? Do Iron Heart or something else. Don't want to see anyone else playing him. And that's part of the reason why I will still enjoy to watch this movie. Uh, Mickey Rourke gives a great performance as Whiplash, but he lacks death. Uh, and that mainly comes from the script. He's not really given anything to do. He kind of feels out of place in this movie. Compared to the other villain, um, Justin Hammer, who most of the time is who you see interact with Whiplash, um, played by Sam Rockwell, he doesn't really do anything to Tony. The only thing he really does is that uh, because he's meeting with the government, the government wants to take a suit, 
because they're like, hey, you have a weapon. Like, we, you, it needs to be monitored and basically owned by the U.S. government. Tony's like, fuck that. Um, I, it's privately owned by me. It's my invention. And no one else in the world has this technology. And then, turns out, Whiplash's dad also helped uh, his father, Howard, make the arc reactor until it turned out that um, his father wanted to sell it to the black market and stuff like that. So Tony, uh, Tony's dad, Howard, was like, get the fuck out of here. So they became poor people in Russia. And then, yeah. So he has the technology as the blueprints of his father. He makes this weird chess piece. Uh, I don't really know what the plan was of those whips. Because they clearly would not work well against the Iron Man suit. At least the first one. The second one, the suit he gets in by the end, where when he finally faces Tony and Rhodey as War Machine. That makes sense. Okay, that's that's a formidable, you know, opponent. Um, and he does have a physical presence to him. Mickey Rourke is somewhat of a sizable guy. So he does have a physical threat to Tony. Just nothing really else past that, I guess. He's only really used to help Tony learn more about his dad. But even then, it does it's puddle deep, really. It's as deep as a puddle. However, I do actually enjoy Justin Hammer. He's the other side of Tony Stark. And he's very charismatic, but it's, you can tell it's very fake. And he's... he's So if, like, there's a coin, and one side's Tony, and the other side would be Hammer. He's corrupt. He's very self-centered. They're both self-centered. But in a different way. Tony's self-centered because he's a, somewhat of a self-made man. And he's earned everything he's achieved. Where Hammer kind of does like... It's like Target would be like Tony Stark. And Hammer is Walmart. If you don't know what I mean, look it up. <laughs> Turns like a comparison. It's high-end products and then they're knockoffs. <laughs> That's essentially what Hammer is. And... I, they actually have a really good chemistry together, and I love the way how, like, Tony kind of just brushes him off and openly says, you're a fucking schmuck, and you're a fake, and Justin's like, ah, oh, we just kid, we just kid, and I just, I think it's really fun to see, and it's really f- fun to see him try and one-up Tony, or basically get him, get him back, uh, yeah, just fun to watch. The action is just as good as the first one, uh, I love the different suits you get to see in the movie. I believe you see three. You see the one that uh, he makes. He makes at the end of the first one. Then you see like the suitcase one. He has like the suitcase that turns into a suit. And it's really cool. I like that one. That was my favorite one when I first watched this movie. Um, and then he makes the new one at the end because he find he his dad discovered a new element and turns out it works for the test. Uh, I don't really know the logic of that. I don't know why he found an element that he somehow knew would help Tony survive later with the arc reactor in his chest. Kind of kind of a deus ex machina. It's okay though. I, st- I enjoy it. I like having the connection between him and Howard. It is entertaining to watch. So yeah, then he makes the new element to power the new suit and then that's the suit. I believe you've seen the Avengers for a while. But yeah, I really like that one. It's, it's good. Um, super entertaining. Uh, the soundtrack is fantastic again, as well. I love the opening track, Shoot the Thrill by ACDC. It's a great fit for Tony Stark. ACDC is just kind of a great fit for Tony. I love. Uh, it's just great. Um, Don Cheadle is a much better pick for Rhodey. I was super excited to see War Machine before this movie came out. I used to watch the Tony, the 
No, that's a Tony. The Iron Man animated TV show when I was a kid after Spider-Man. So I knew who Rhodey was before some people that never got into the character until these movies came out. So I was really happy to see him play, play War Machine in this. And he's pretty badass. And I loved, this, I, I loved when uh, Tony and Rhodey fought together at the end of the film. Super great. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Don Cheadle have much better on-screen chemistry than the previous Rhodey. It's just great. And you can very much tell there's some sort of friendship or respect between the actors. And on screen, that you can you can obviously tell, uh, it very much feels like they've been friends for a long time. Super good. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is also in this movie, making her first appearance in this film, and I love her role in this film. Perfectly setting up her future and showing off how great of a spy she is. Plus, um, I am glad that she actually joined uh, first appearances in Iron Man, because Iron Man and Black Widow have a deep connection to the comics. Um, some of you may not know, but there was a, they, they've had a, uh, on and on on-again, on off-again relationship uh, in the comics, and they at one point were married, so I'm just I'm just kind of glad they, they kind of incorporated her in this part, instead of doing something like randomly in the Avengers, um, which is her next film <laughs> that she's seen in. But yeah, um, some people have kind of like said that her part in this movie hasn't aged well, because they kind of super-sexualize her. I don't think she's that hypersexualized compared to other films or even films today that's part of the character so she's a femme fatale that was her original role and i don't understand why modern hollywood tries to remove all sort of like sex appeal or sexuality from women that's part of what makes women so unique compared to men is their control of sexuality it's how they're able to manipulate men in stories, and even in real life. It doesn't take much to realize that women have are much better at using it against men than men are against uh, than men are against women. So I don't understand why it's arguing much, and if you're like what? No, it's the worst thing ever. If you, the, I will agree that in early superhero sh- uh, superhero movies, this happened a lot. Especially with like uh, people like Jessica Alba in the Fantastic Four films. Totally agree. Or even like Catwoman with Halle Berry. I totally understand that, and I totally agree. Um, but not this one. I don't agree that she's super hyposexualized to the point where it's ridiculous or unwatchable. It's not at all the point. That's the point of her character. She's a spy. She would use all of her assets and weapons to use against whoever she's trying to get to. That's that's part of the role. It's also part of the reason why they picked her to get to Tony. Tony's a ladies' man. So why would you not pick the beautiful woman to sneak into the organization to see if it's fit to, to be an Avenger. That makes total sense. So I don't know why some people have said it has an age well. I disagree. So yeah, I actually still somewhat enjoy this movie. I mean, I do enjoy it. Um, it's not as good as the first one. I will be honest and say that. It's not... I don't think it's nearly as good as the first one. first one's really good. This one's... It's, it's okay. Slightly good. So I'm going to give this movie a 7 out of 10. I'd say it's as good as Thor or the first Captain America. Um, yeah, it's it's still good, but compared to the first one, it's pretty weak. So it's kind of hard to rate this movie because by itself, I enjoy it. But if you compare it to the first film, it has a lot more holes in it. But I still like it. Mainly because I love Iron Man and I love Robert Downey Jr. And I really like uh, the appearance of the on-screen chemistry with Don Cheadle. And I'm a big fan of Black Widow, so that's probably why I hold this movie a little bit higher than some others might. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
Um, if you like what you've heard, I have plenty of other episodes. You're going to go give those a listen. Um, you can listen to my previous Iron Man review or any of the other MCU films I've also covered. Uh, but yeah, if you also would like to reach out to me, I have an Instagram page, Dr. Quacker's Movie Reviews. Um, you can send me uh, a message saying why I'm such an idiot or whatever you want to do. Uh, you can send me a compliment or if you want to send me a recommendation of a movie you want me to review that I haven't already done, uh, you can just go ahead and send that way. I post semi-regularly <laughs> about pop culture and stuff you may not hear me talk about in here. Stuff like stand-up comedy or like what lightsaber would I want to, what color would I want. Stuff like that. If you're interested in that, um, go ahead there. Uh, and I hope you stay tuned to hear about my most recent uh, sponsor, Viking Fitness. So please stay tuned. Hey guys, I want to take a minute and talk about fitness. Are you looking to get back into shape or take your fitness to the next level? If so, go to vikingfitnessnh.com. With Viking Fitness, your plan is created by a certified professional specifically for you and only you. No cookie cutter plans, period. You will be provided with detailed information on how to train your body and how to fuel it correctly so you can achieve your goals. With Viking Fitness, you can get quality distance coaching, video check-ins, and access to an entire community for a very affordable price and no bullshit. Go to vikingfitnessnh.com or call 603-393-7528. And again, that's 603-393-7528 today. Thank you.